Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I am proud to be your host here each and every week as we embark on our experience and journey to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who all bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. It is a familiar face, a new face, and a different spin on something in the craft beer. It's our first non-alcoholic brewery. We're featuring Mr. Sam Kelly. He's a member of the, the squad, the crew, the fam up at uh, Fair Folk up in Boston. We take this opportunity to learn about you know, Sam and his, his story, his uh, going back to an early age, drawing inside the lines and being a good colorer to his uh, love of sports and you know taking a chance uh, to become a ball player and how it runs in the family. Just a lot of good stuff and, you know, how he ended up at Fair Folk and, you know, what they did to bring this really unique, innovative, fun, and smart brand, especially in this day and age where people are super health conscious. You know, we're coming at the end of dryuary. It's a great way to end it with Athletic and what they're doing. They've been big supporters of us from early on uh, when we did our event in New Haven. And then Sam... His colleagues with uh, you know with Kevin Kevin Simo with Trillium and so it kind of uh, ties it ties it all together. Kevin was our featured artist from our uh, from the archives uh, series episode 31. So I mean just see where we are now. This is episode 144. 31 is prime number. 144 is not. So I know there were some concerns about that, but it's a really this is a really good opportunity for us. You know we really had a good good you know really enjoyed speaking with Sam. You know, learning about his story, learning how he came to, you know, work for Fair Folk, you know, what he's doing, his creative process, his naming conventions, you know, are sort of our nerdier questions, and it's really just kind of really a natural flow to really learn about Sam and what he's up to. So if you want to follow along with Sam's doing, you can go to Sam's underscore workshop. You can go to samsworkshop.co. And then if you want to go to uh, his kind of personal non-Fair Folk uh, Instagram, it's uh, it's Sam Kelly, but it's just you put a period after everyone. It's it's hard to to audio explain what it is. I think it's s dot a dot m dot k dot e dot l dot l dot l dot y. And there you go. And you go to Fairfolk Graham and follow on the crew there and tell them that we said what's up, Kevin. We're still waiting for our sweatshirt, but you know we know where to find you. So you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Episode 144, you can follow us along at 16ozcanvas.com or wherever it is that you get your social on, 16ozcanvas. We keep it simple. We keep the brand unified. And then we got our own hashtag, 16ozcanvas. Use that wherever you're sharing. If you're an artist, if you're a designer, if you just got something cool that you think we should be checking out, I really think that uh, it's a good place for you to, to do that. We've grown that from, you know, literally from nothing. You know, no one was using it uh, almost three years ago, and now there's you know thousands of posts and unique creative stuff that you see on a on a daily basis. So we are super super proud of that. In recent weeks, we have uh, teased kind of a you know changing of the guards and new opportunities for us in our personal and professional life. So starting this upcoming Monday, yours truly, you're looking at the VP of Sales for uh, for Disco. Uh, it's a company that's uh, headquartered in L.A., but uh, we're working out of our Connecticut office and really excited to, to have the opportunity 
you know, to make that happen and, uh, you know, start things fresh. Nothing, nothing like a smart idea to start a brand new job the day after the Super Bowl, which every year at our house, we invite friends and family over and, uh, you know, we dig into the cellar, we get some local beers and uh, kind of do a little bit of a tasting depending on who's got skin in the game. You know, it's uh, no Eagles, no Super Bowl 52 beating those Pats and, uh, but it's going to be a good one. I'm thinking, you know, I'm pulling for the Chiefs, pulling for uh, Big Andy Reid, Big Red, former Eagles coach. He's just a you know all-around good person, and so we're hoping for him to win. But it's going to be a, I don't know, I was going to say a slobber knocker. It's going to be a barn burner. Use all these cool sport euphemisms and metaphors. But we just hope it's a good game. We, uh, we'll have wings. We'll have, you know, we'll have some hoagies. We'll have uh, other things that will make us want to, Get athletic, get moving. You know, kind of hit the gym a little hard there. And uh, all in all, it's just going to be a, it's going to be a great weekend. And it's a great way to celebrate. And if you're not drinking, you want to continue to dry your worry, and maybe it's just a you know dry whatever. Athletic Brewing is uh, making some great beers and they're doing some great stuff. So make sure you check them out. So let's get into this episode 144, which like I said is not a prime number. If you know the square root of that is 12, though. So we do like numbers. We are kind of nerdy. Uh, as you will find out when you listen to this and many of the other episodes, wherever it is that you listen to us, do us a quick favor. It was like a happy New Year's, you know, late birthday, late Christmas present. You know, leave us a review, a rating. Let us know what you think. And we uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to be a part of this adventure, be a part of the experience, and help us celebrate some really amazing artists and designers from, and we're really proud to say this part of it, from around the world. So, Let's get into it. Mr. Sam Kelly, right here, 16-ounce canvas, episode 144, Athletic Brewing, CT Beer's Finest, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft, non-alcoholic beer. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, The Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, Mr. Sam Kelly, checking in from Boston, Massachusetts. Sam is the uh, Associate Creative Director at Fairfolk. Uh, we came to learn of him through the work that he's doing with one of Connecticut's own and one of the most unique breweries in the in the country, in the world. However, you're gonna crazy when you get that athletic brewing company. So I wanna wanna thank Sam for uh, for being a part of the project and for uh, all the great work you're doing. Yeah, man, thanks to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, it was it was a no brainer. And uh, yeah, Kevin, uh, who we had uh, one of our OGs earlier on uh, earlier on in our seasons, was a big big promoter and advocate of you. And so uh, it was just a it makes my job a lot easier, and uh, yeah, so it's a nice, nice crew over there. Love again, Fairfolk Graham. You can follow along. You can follow along with the work with Sam's doing. You can go to his website, samsworkshop.co. Then his uh, his Instagram for that is uh, sam's underscore workshop. And then from there, you can get one of the more complicated. It's Sam Kelly, but there's a lot of dots in between uh, on uh, IG as well. So there are the plugs. We'll continue pushing those, and uh, yeah, just want to. Uh, Again, thank you so much for being a part of it, and I uh, can't believe it's uh, 2020 already, so we've been talking about this for a bit. Yeah. Thanks, man. So, so Sam, this is the part. I got myself a nice cup of coffee. I'm going to relax. It's fucking freezing outside. Um, this is the What's the Sam Kelly story? How did you kind of uh, you know, find your, your creative outlet and your, you know, your visual craftsman? You know, how did you find your, uh, your calling and, and you know, passion? Because the cool thing, you go to his website, you can really see the – the versatility of you know in, in Sam's portfolio, it's not he's not a one-trick pony. He really brings you know unique uh, in, interpretations and creativities to the brands and the different accounts that he's working on. So it really uh, 
it's a really a testament to to you and all the the hard work you've been putting in over the years. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, arts and crafts, you know, from an early age were just a big, big part of what I did. My mom, she's got a good eye for design, kind of craft was always sort of, she actually grew up kind of making her own clothes, sewing those. So kind of got me into, you know, arts and crafts and just in general, kind of had a, a decent eye for shapes and visual things from an early age. I actually remember uh, like early on, in I think it was kindergarten just kind of like even things like coloring in the lines and cutting out shapes and keeping them nice crafted things like um just really sort of had a way of doing it that other people struggled with like early on was coloring in the lines when kids were sort of having trouble with that sort of thing and it was just it was a fun realization that like sort of I saw the world in a very visual way. Um, you know, those, those sort of things quickly, the tides turned when it came to, you know, learning to read in a few, few years. And I really struggled with reading in school. Turns out dyslexia, which is a, kind of a common thing among a lot of creatives. You hear that story a lot, but it's, it's true. It's, it's a struggling in one sense, but it's, a really way of seeing the world in a very visual and oftentimes creative way, which is awesome. So I really struggled as a kid with dyslexia, but I'm so grateful for for sort of the things that the strengths that it did give me um, with my career today. So yeah, that's great. So basically, grew up outside of Boston, um, doing a lot of arts and crafts. Ended up going to college to play baseball which I thought was going to be something I wanted to pursue uh, at a professional level but quickly realized uh, that was not going to happen and ended up sort of transferring to another bigger school UMass Amherst here in Boston where I made psychology um, and again all these sort of play a role in where I've netted out today but um, psychology is such a huge part of the creative world of design, just problem solving in general, you know, it's all about people. So, um, you know, I really enjoyed getting that degree, but in, in the back of my mind, I always sort of had this idea that art and craft were going to play a role somehow and ended up graduating from UMass, realizing that I wanted to pursue sort of that art, whether it was uh, fine arts, design I didn't really know much about it but I, I knew I kind of wanted to get into it I was starting to realize there were there were jobs out there ways to make a living um, sort of doing those those sorts of creative things which I really loved uh, throughout my life so I ended up getting a job just kind of wagering for a while and I was trying to figure out build my portfolio on my own you know I had some chops in terms of uh, taking classes throughout the years uh photoshop here you know illustrator fine art classes painting drawing whatever and I had a, a decent talent for it but you know the, the portfolio that I put together right out of college is pretty laughable at this point um and so I, I ended up sort of waiting tables for about nine months before um, really sort of stumbling upon this 
uh, graduate program down in Atlanta, Georgia called Portfolio Center. So awesome little program, about 150 kids um, within the industry, incredibly well known. Um, I found out about it two weeks later. I went down there to check it out. Another two weeks, I was enrolled and uh, ready to go. And honestly, it was probably the best two years of my life down there at this tiny little creative school. Again, it was called Portfolio Center. I think they've now been sort of integrated into what is Miami Ad School. But um, man, what an incredibly creative space. Um, and I pretty much just buried myself in the world of design and illustration and photography. They had other programs like copywriting and art direction, but Mine was in design and design thinking. And um, yeah, I really just buried my head and learned a ton from the teachers, but also just collaborating with other students and just, just putting in work for, for a long amount of time for those two years. And um, it really paid off right out of, right out of that program. I was hired um, over at Toth & Co, which is a branding agency in Boston some incredible work with all sorts of different lifestyle brands um really in the fashion world and mike talk who hired me over there actually passed away about two years into my working there but uh what a mentor and incredible dude and um he really sort of revolutionized what is modern day you know branding or um, not even branding, but just uh, taking a lifestyle brand and really sort of bringing out the personality of it through photography, video, copy, just really created an incredible place. So he worked a lot with brands like um, Tommy Hilfinger, you know, huge fashion brands that really sort of brought to light. And so worked over there on some awesome projects for about two years before um, actually came up randomly. I was pretty happy and, and loved my role over there. But I got a random email right around the holidays. Um, and it was John Kev, the founders of Fair Folk, which was, at that time was pretty much them two in a basement, sort of doing some really cool stuff for two clients, Trillium. Brewing, and then also um, they just sort of started doing some work for New Balance and Warrior Sports. Um, and they were looking to hire someone, and we ended up sort of connecting. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny story. They We sort of had some trouble connecting at first, and we realized that their little basement office was um, – about two blocks from where I was working at Toth. And so one night they were like, hey, like, you're trying to find a time, like, what are you doing after work? Like, can you just come over? And I had a few minutes after work, I was trying to catch a train and ended up going over there, meeting with them. And we ended up drinking, drinking some beers for about three hours, just my train. But man, it was it was an exciting time. They they talked about what they were doing. I was excited about it. Had always wanted to sort of be a part of something that was up and coming. So um, yeah, I made the jump about a week or two later, and uh, haven't looked back. Fair folks been 
growing at a steady rate and uh yeah we've been having a blast it's good it's a good story man no i love uh you know i love i just love kind of where everything went and early on you touched on psychology and the power that has especially with what you're doing with all these with the brands and i don't know it's kind of like a secret secret weapon you have there because I, I do think that we have to look at things you know especially the ads that you're creating at fair folk and the campaigns that they're that you know they're doing um the emotion that they evoke and i think it's a really powerful you know piece that is just i think it's just essential nowadays to really you know especially for these full you know the, these full scope campaigns and the consistency there and just kind of you know the 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 way they made people think so it's it's a it's a it's a cool part of your story yeah, I mean, I, I look at all the people who really inspire me in the design world and all of them sort of have incredible talent. They can create a beautiful thing, but what they're really doing is telling an incredible story to a person on the other side of of that campaign or that um, brand identity or that packaging that um, really comes out of knowing people and that psychology so it's, yeah. yeah it's yeah it's, i think i think it'd be interesting i think that more even just in business and and in general i think you know most i think most businesses could benefit from some level of psychology and you know understanding you know the differences of, of emotions and personalities in people you know you can execute the x's and y's um to get back to sports but i really think that just kind of understanding and even it even helps us understanding how everyone learns or takes in the information differently you know my wife's a school teacher you know she has to be cognizant of you know the visuals the auditory you know the sensory learners you know the hybrids and really trying to be able to kind of communicate to all of them so that they just aren't left out because it's just uh, a one-size-fits-all and so it's uh it's yeah. definitely tricky yeah it is crazy i mean it's an exciting time in the world of branding i mean that's that's kind of what I consider what we do. We're we're at Fair Folk. It's it's interesting. We cover the spectrum of creative work. So you know we do anything from naming to strategy, but we do a lot of visual stuff. So identity creation, packaging, but then we also have in-house photography. We got we're building out a studio right now, so we can do a little bit more video stuff. Um, and it's all a big part of, of what we do. And it's exciting to work with brands you like and be able to help them in all those different touch points, because what we're really doing is, is creating a brand that speaks to the consumer, to that person on the other side. And, um, yeah, I mean, as I was saying, exciting time in branding, because I, I do really think that the world, um, even corporate um is really starting to understand you know that power of of brands so mm -hmm. yeah and the mediums and i mean even just the you know the people from your, your home internet speeds you know what you can do i mean i remember uh to date myself but like the early geo city days and just trying to you know what what you could load on a web page now i mean your the work you guys are doing is so so rich and high def and so detailed. I mean, so, and, I, and I'm just a sucker. I don't know if it's because of, uh, I'm colorblind, but a lot of the work that you guys are doing, at least displaying it, is in, in black and white for your, for your stories. And so it's just really, uh, I've always found the, just one of my favorite, 
you know, Ansel Adams and what have you. Just it's one of my favorite ways to just present stuff is in black and white. I just think that just has a, I don't know, it just it always touches me. It's just really, uh, it's just the yeah. shadowing and the way you see things. It just it, it's really cool and to think it's yeah. it's really only a few colors, but it's uh, it's, it's, it's super powerful. That's sort of a, it's sort of a nostalgia to it. Yeah, you know, I do, I do love it too, and that was the choice John and Kev made early on. It's, it's, you know, it's something we talk about sometimes, but it has sort of become an identity element of Fairfolk, and and it's nice when you have such an eclectic uh, range of work in all different sorts of colors and styles um, to just at least on our social try and create some unity through through that lens. So yeah. And it's cool because you know, again, the when you see like the kind of the reveal, and you're you know the especially with like athletic, you know the the bright colors and you know, the choices that are being made for for the campaigns, you know it's uh, I know it's kind of like the wizard like that Wizard of Oz moment when you know they walk through and you know the they get to the yellow brick road and it's all of a sudden in color like you knew everything was in color but then when it's, you see it it just has that like it just screams and so it's uh, yeah it's really cool yeah for sure. All right. So, yeah, uh, again, folks, check out uh, Sam's work. You can go to samsworkshop.co. Uh, you can also Sam's underscore workshop uh, on Instagram. The crew, Kevin and the crew over at fairfolk.com. He's, uh, he, I still need to take him up on, you know, being the only uh, agency in in, uh, in the Boston area with Trillium on tap. So we got to, uh, we do, we still have to come over and take advantage of that next time we're, we're yeah, up there. Yeah, for sure. I could see, yeah, I could, yeah, I could, I could see all, yeah, three hours later, you know, you're like, fuck, I missed my train. And, uh, <laughs> but it's all part, of, it's all part of the story, though. So it kind of, you know, wherever it gets us yeah. going. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Now, we came to learn of you from Athletic, and we'll, we'll get to that, you know, uh, in a minute. But um, you said before you played baseball. Is that, I mean, what we, what was your position? What was what's the story? What was the story there? Was it some? Was it serious? Did you did they know you were coming to school to play for ba- baseball, or was it just a, a dream that you were trying to live out? Not to undermine it. So it really wasn't serious. I ended up um, going to St. Lawrence, uh, which was a D three school, so a good program. You know, D three definitely kids. You know, kids make it from that level, but um, yeah, I, I ended up choosing that school because of baseball I'd, I'd been a big athlete um in high school alongside loving sort of that arts and crafts fine art um side of things as well but but athletics definitely played a huge role in my life early on um and i was, I was pretty pretty good pretty athletic i still am very active uh Actually, just did a Spartan race recently with oh, Athletic Brewing, which was a uh, oh, nice. which was a good time. That was at Fenway Park. It was it was a good time. Really exciting. Yeah. Um, what position? But, what position did you play? I played shortstop throughout high school, and then I played uh, short for my freshman year, and then got moved to center field my sophomore year at St. Lawrence. Before I kind of realized. I'm not making the bigs and uh, <laughs> I didn't love the school in general. It was just, it was a great school, but smaller than my high school in upstate New York, you know, freezing cold games. Um, so ended up sort of making the switch to a bigger school, UMass Amherst with a lot of friends um, and obviously 
had a great time there drinking some beers. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had, a, I had a friend in college who was a who was a pitcher, and uh, I went to Fairfield U, which is in the, I'm not sure what maybe maybe D three the MAC conference, maybe D two. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, it was just like it was just his whole existence was the baseball, and he was just always if it wasn't a library, yeah. he was training or post training or getting ready or on the road or on the bus, and we weren't a major program, so he was just grinding it out, and so. It was a little, uh, little, little soul sucking. I saw once his career ended, like that. Se- his senior year, he was one of our w- more uh, wild than out friends. You know, he was just kind of like zero fucks given. Let's go. So yeah, yeah. And it's cool because a lot of the, a lot of the work that I mean, a, a good bunch of the clients are with Fair Folk are uh, sports, and they're you know they're pretty pretty badass. So it's really cool that you know, kind of still have that you know tie in, and you know it probably helps especially with the work you're doing with uh, with athletic. Totally, absolutely. Um, yeah, we get to do a lot of stuff for Warrior Sports, a um, bunch of other brands that definitely incorporate um, athletics and also pro athletes. So we've had some exciting shoots and things like that. So it's great. Yeah, they're down at spring training. They're doing these great hockey stuff. Uh, they they were doing the, I believe the, the the lacrosse league. Now they're doing weed. They do beer, spirits. I mean, it's a uh, their their account is definitely putting out a good vibe. So yeah, it's definitely uh, it's good. Eclectic, yeah, we like it. You know, it is something I've heard you previously talk about or ask people about, like their style or whether they have a style or whether. Um, Look at you take it you over. Know. There you go. Yeah, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam is now the host. I am. Is that here. your next question? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm not going to say it was. It may seem either unpredictable, but yeah, the fact that I'm not used to people saying when I listen to the podcast, so that's always a good. Yeah, so thanks, Sam. Uh, yeah, no problem. But yeah, it's, it's something I actually I, I I struggle with sometimes because I I do think there's merit in those people who have a very distinct style and they are that style. They get hired for that style and they deliver on it over and over again it's not to say that it's the same thing like it's not to say that it's the same exact thing it's a it's a crafted style um and and i see some some merit in that i mean they people who and artists and designers that i see that sort of have this style that they that they roll with you know they do incredible work and it's incredibly uniformed and you know, they're doing, in my mind, what, what they want to be doing for brands that appreciate that style and and they get to do it that way. There's the other train of thought where, you know, there's a brief, uh, we have different clients with eclectic tastes and eclectic goals. And, you know, we want to execute, however, the best way to answer that brief. So, um we we definitely get to do the latter. We get to do a variety of different things across a variety of different mediums. Um, and it really, it switches up the day-to-day. Sometimes um, you kind of are like, man, I really wish I could just live in this style, one style. But in reality, um, yeah, I really enjoy sort of getting to switch it up. Yeah, and I think what what's the consistency I always see is that that kind of playing in one style is the brand. So like you can kind of you kind of get to wear both. You know, if you're working on one, they have a similar style, and you kind of expand upon that you know central theme. 
but then you're not just okay this this uh you know this agency only does this style of stuff and you have to you know they're they're kind of uh you know blend over into each other to differentiate i think that's really what's really cool is the style sheet is 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 brand specific and that's and that allows so you have that kind of consistency there but then if you go to a you know a different uh you know apparel company or brewing you know they all kind of stand alone they that might be how people find out about you but they don't that's not the they're not coming and saying hey give me the uh the athletic look or the trillium look whatever you know they're just coming because they know you do quality work and then know you're going to yeah. define their brand in a unique way and i think that's really important because it's i mean it's such a hyper competitive space especially now with all the different mediums for advertisements you know across yeah. you know everything that you really have to you have to, you know, even more so than ever, an agency like Fairfolk is is really important. Yeah, and that's a huge credit also to just our team, and and we have so many different talented people who all sort of step up with different skill sets and different experience, and and so that sort of um, difference between brands really comes through because of that. Now, are you a do you are you a sketcher? Do you do you go analog? Have you are you, are you a, a digital tablet guy? What are your what are the what are the tools that you know other than uh, the mental tools you've got? What what do you got? What are you working with? So, actually, in school, design school, I I really sort of um, limited myself to the laptop, and I don't even use a mouse. I just use the trackpad. And I, my thinking was sort of like I, we were always bouncing from classroom to classroom. Um, I was working at school. I was working at home, sometimes in a coffee shop. And honestly, I was just like, I, I really enjoyed like working with all these tools, the Wacom, you know, and there, there's a time for that. But um, I really, I, I work mostly on my trackpad on my, on my laptop, um, which a lot of people sort of look at me and are like, you're crazy, dude. But, um, you know, it's, it's worked for me and I've sort of added the iPad into the regiment, you know, the, the new iPads with procreate it's got some incredible features, especially when you're trying to sort of illustrate, give that hand done feel. Um, yeah. So that's sort of where I work. Um, I definitely work, when I when I get going on a project, I'm I'm pen to paper. It's less sketching. I've never been a great drawer in terms of um, like realism. Like I never totally got into like fine art drawing or felt like I could really be efficient in that manner. But um, I'd say my sketching process is not only sketching visually, but also sketching words. Um, as we sort of start to create these brands, just what am I trying to get across? I'll sort of lay out um, different words that I feel represent what we're trying to display visually. And then I start to sort of create that, that visual look in my mind a lot at this point. And then, you know, I'll do some quick sketching on paper, depending on what it is, whether it's a logo or, um, you know, uh, label design, but, um, yeah, I pretty quickly get into the computer and more than not, I'm working in illustrator. Okay. I, 
love Illustrator. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that we decided about I don't know, three or four months ago. We 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 worked in Photoshop like years ago, um, but to, to get the Creative Suite and do that, and I, I got you know I got the new MacBook and I love it, and I you know got the mouse and everything. Everyone said I should use the mouse, but I, I I keep getting drawn back to the trackpad. I mean, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm efficient or proficient, but it always. Uh, I'll look and go, oh, there's the mouse. It's sitting right next to me. But I just, yeah, the trackpad is, is comfortable to me. I just have to get better with, with, with the tools and, and whatnot. Not that I'm really able to do anything yet with it, but uh, I'm definitely a team trackpad. And we are back. What do you think, folks? Team trackpad all the way. I'm trying to be team mouse or whatever. I mean, again, if this episode, one thing you'll learn is that we do not have any shame. And if there's anyone out there looking to sponsor us, like Wakeham, want to throw a few tablets over here, we'll we'll get them out to the people. But uh, yeah, team trackpad all the way. I just I just find I don't know what it is. Like I know it's a smaller space. I just get a lot done with it. Also, Rain Man-esque with the, the keyboard shortcuts. We're definitely getting better with the Macs. Back in the day with the PC, we didn't have to use a keyboard. We, we just got it done. So it's just uh, it's really cool to take it to the take it to the next level. And so it's a great episode. Really, it's a great way to end dryuary supporting Athletic Brewing right here in Connecticut. Sam Kelly, Fairfolk, Boston, Massachusetts. They're doing some amazing stuff. You know, we've had Kevin Simo on before. He's been a big supporter and advocate the crew over there we've got nothing but love you know it's uh it's friday so you're definitely rocking with a little reggae friday we're going to get to that later on in the episode but just uh just good res- good perspective i think it's really cool to to see that you know he went to school and university you know i thought he was going to play baseball you know and just made a leap and just kind of knew what his calling was and you know dove you know full steam ahead you know at the portfolio center and just kind of and just kept rocking it. And I think it's really, uh, you know, I think it's really cool. I think when people, you can hear in his voice the appreciation he has for those who he's worked with, those who he works with currently, kind of his path and his journey through art and design to really, you know, you, using that psychology, man. It's a, it's part of a mental game out there. I mean, brands and designs evoke emotions. And you don't realize it. They're in your subconscious, but they get you out there. You know, it's just... It's this whole, you know, cerebral, you know, uh, emotional, passionate thing that people don't realize sometimes how tied they are to brands and the, the feelings that are, uh, you know, created from them. And so for an agency like that and for the work that Sam's doing to, to kind of bring it full circle, it's really cool just to, to kind of hear that. And I think that, you know, you know, business school, you have your business ethics and you have all these classes that don't necessarily deal with the, you know, the, the major you're in. But they help shape you as a as a person or professional, and so I think it's kind of interesting to, to think that there's some should be some kind of mental or, or you know social aspects to you know art and design school because I think you know we talk about it many times you can be a great designer, a great artist, but you might not be a great business person. So I think just to really have these other you know tools in the in the arsenal, you know, in the uh, uh, what the hell, this in your Swiss Army knife, so to speak, is uh, it's just really cool, it's re- and I think it's really smart to to look at it that way to really kind of come at it with the full, the full three sixty. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Episode one hundred forty four, Sam Kelly, 
Sam's underscore workshop, samsworkshop.co, sam.a.m.k.l. Sam Kelly with a lot of dots in there on Instagram. Fair folk, 16 ounce canvas, use the hashtag, tell your friends, support athletic brewing. Let's just get back into it. We got a lot more where we left off, so let's just do this. Here we go. Part two, episode 144, square root is 12, right here in the 16 ounce canvas. Square root is four. And we're back. I mean, it, it's interesting how technology sort of dictates these sorts of habits, you know? Um, yeah, they, you know, and then you, it ebbs and flows, you know? So, like, at one point, everyone loved these huge Wacom tablets that took up all the space on your desk and you could draw right on them. Then, you know, you have the other way and you might have hit people like me where it was like, oh, I need to be mobile. I want to be efficient in a small space wherever I am. Um, And then all of a sudden now I have the iPad and it's like, all right, now I'm using a pen again. Stylus. Um, But yeah, yeah. it's a good it's a good it's a good time to be creative because, yeah, I think. Folks, analog folks going to digital have a hard time with that because they don't have the like the the feel of it. But then, the the mobile aspect is key, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day, and trying to find a good work life balance. So if you're on a train or plane, you know, to be able to just to to sketch a few things out on a you know iPad and not have this huge clunker trying to fit on those tiny little uh, you know trays on the on the airplane, which never fit a laptop, which is and just kind of it's a whole clusterfuck. But uh, yeah, and then last time I tried to work on a on the train, uh, the Amtrak coming back, actually back from Boston, someone spilled a beer. I think it was a trillion beer, if we're going to tie it all together, and uh, I had to get a new, <laughs> a brand new laptop all over my, uh, all, yeah, so that was, uh, so thank you. No for, way. Yeah, so it's, yeah, th- six degrees of separation there, so yeah. Yeah, that's but, funny. Yeah, it was a very expensive uh, trillion, but, um, okay, so you also, like we talked about, you work with uh, Athletic Brewing Company, they're actually based here uh, in Milford, uh, Connecticut. Uh, it's one of your, you know, accounts. You help with the branding there. And for folks who don't know at home, they're they're a non-alcoholic brewery, really focused on, you know, fitness, uh, really, you know, being healthy. And non-alcoholic beer, you'd think, uh, but we were talking about before. They're really tasty. They're really unique. The the brewing process is, I don't, it's, I assume it's proprietary, but uh, you know, I got the tour, and um, they're doing some really. Really great stuff. They have stouts, brown ale, pilsner, IPAs, and, and a few other even seasonal beers. And uh, I'd put my money where my mouth is if we did a blind taste test, so you wouldn't be able to pick it out if I, you know, against you know two or three others in the same style. But so, so oh. tell yeah, so tell us about that. I mean, that's a it's definitely a unique account. You know, there's the, just the difficulty in of itself, the fact that it's non alcoholic, and a you know a craft beer kind of uh, you know pinnacle of of society right now, you know, how, how has it been working on that? And just kind of, if you can take us a couple steps back into kind of, you know, the creating of the, of the brand with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an exciting time for them and for us because of our relationship with them. Uh, Bill Schufelt, who's the founder, um, he came to us early on and we actually had the chance to sort of really work with him before anything was really, um, really in existence or created at all. He had just sort of an idea. Um, He was a finance guy working hard 
um, and sort of realizing that as much as he loved alcohol, he went to college, I think he tells it in uh, Vermont and, um, you know, loved the craft beer scene. And, but the older he, he got sort of more um, involved in a important role in finance and his company, he found that he was just really not finding a, a healthy way to incorporate, um, you know, beer soaked uh, weekends into his routine. And so he ended up uh, just giving up alcohol as he was sort of getting more into being really active. He was doing some sort of longer ultra races and things like that. And he kind of never looked back. He had this idea of there's nothing really out there for me if I'm not drinking alcohol that is tasty at like a bar or a restaurant. He started just sort of looking into why non-alcoholic beer tasted so bad. And, and so right around that point, he sort of had a connection to us and luckily reached out to us um, and sort of got to create the brand with him together, um, starting with the naming and then all the way through to, you know, doing some incredible work from packaging to campaigns. Um, and that was only about a year and a half ago. And so they, they brought on, you know, an awesome brewer, um, John Walker is his name. And they just sort of really rethought how non-alcoholic beer is made. And that's something that not a lot of people sort of understand is, is just this idea that there has been one way of making non-alcoholic beer for a long time. And they've really sort of, um, totally rethought that process and it's a it's a full brewing process where they just don't ever brew the beer to be above 0.05 or 0.5 percent alcohol um so really an incredible feat uh for them and the brand has just took off in a way that we could have never imagined and it's been just a really exciting ride for both them and us um yeah yeah, and like I said, I, I got the tour. I uh, just want to thank you know Bill and everybody over there when we did our event that we when we featured Kevin uh, back in July eighteen. You know we put two and two together that fair folk, fair folk had worked on the you know that account. You know, Bill gave us a tour. You know we was able to. They were just I think they had just you know been opened a few months at that point. Gave us a few cases of beer that we were able to kind of showcase and blow people away with the fact that you know hey this is a non alcoholic beer and it was kind of cool to. To have that because they weren't they weren't even known at that point really and it was just a fun experience to say oh try this and it was like oh that's pretty good Where, who who are they and then when they would look at the can or what have you to to see it say non alcoholic and you know do do a big swig and taste it again and be like seriously so I don't know I think it uh, it definitely I think it blows away the perception of what what can be you know what can be and I think that's why it's it's been such a huge hit yeah and the reality is like we. You know, we all, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast, you know, enjoy beer and enjoy good craft beer. And honestly, we didn't know how it was going to play out early on. We we loved his enthusiasm about it, um, but we couldn't have imagined, you know, it, it looking like it does today. And it's really sort of changed my perspective as well. I mean, I'm like I said, we talked about how I was an athlete and, you know, I'm still very active and more and more uh, really appreciate the idea of not being hung over. 
um, on any given night or any given morning. And um, athletic has just perfectly fit into even a weekend, a weekday night drink where normally I would have had a beer or two, you know, few of those and you feel great the next morning or even when I'm out um, and about on the weekends, just mixing in an athletic here and there really sort of drops that person like, you know, three, four beers turns into two beers. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it really, it really has played a role in, in how I sort of drink now and it's for the better for sure yeah and i was saying to you earlier when we were kind of doing the pre-interview yeah i crushed a few last night uh we're in the month of january uh, trying to do uh you know trying to do that and until we you know it was nice i was over at a friend's house watching the football game uh you know the other weekend and uh he you know, he knew that i was you know doing dryuary so he lives you know in Stratford. he picked up a you know a couple six packs and I went to the local shop. Even there's a one of my, I think one of the best beer bars in Manhattan, as is, has a because they have a running club there, which is another thing that's I've seen pop up more in the the craft beer scene is is that, and to have that on tap at one of these one of the, probably to me I would say you know in a hyper competitive space one of the top five you know craft beer bars in Manhattan is pretty is pretty amazing. So yeah, like I said, but I mean, the, the real reality is it's. You, you could argue, okay, the gimmick where people will buy it the first time, but that's kind of even the whole uh, idea of the project. If it didn't have the flavor, you they would still have a market for it, but they taste they taste they taste really good. And this is not supposed to be an ad or promo for Athletic, but um, and, and if you listen, we we have no skin in any of these games. But hey, Athletic, if you want to be a sponsor, I got a guy. Um, uh, you know, but the the reality is that it it works, and that's why I you know I have friends who just have them around, and you know Thursdays we usually stay up. Sometimes if we're, if it depends on how the the week goes, editing till you know sometimes two or three in the morning, and occasionally I'll have a beer or two. And not that I'm packing on a buzz, but you know you're having a beer at three in the, two in the morning. It's not really the, the smartest for waking up and waking up in the morning feeling fresh. So having yeah. a couple of those, and you know still having the you know, still having that last night was was just kind of uh, was kind of was kind of fitting, and uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, depending on who you are, you kind of start to realize. I mean, there are definitely a broad spectrum of people who appreciate, you know, the intricacies of craft beer. But um, basically, what I'm getting at is, it's in that in that instance, it's about the ritual almost more mm-hmm. so than it is about anything else. And and the fact that they can provide that ritual with that quality and that taste, but essentially get rid of any of the negative effects is is a pretty incredible feat. So, so so tell us, did, uh, did you work on the logo? You know, what aspects of the brand have you been responsible? Yeah, so we we hopped on early on and got to work uh, naming this thing. And, and honestly, we talk about all the time, how, how lucky we are that we netted out, uh, with athletic. We, we really give a lot of, of credit to just that name. It, it originally was, you know, we, in a naming process, you go through hundreds of names, um, lists and lists and different sort of categories and styles. It's an interesting sort of, um, you know, experience to try and name a company. 
there's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions. Um, and originally athletic brewing was, um, you know, one that just kind of got laughed at, but then, you know, shuffled off to the side. And a few rounds later, we actually were just digging through everything that we had presented and just like, Hey, athletic brewing company, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to hit this, this health and wellness. It's kind of funny because like, you don't necessarily think of a brewery being an at like a, but more and more you are sort of seeing the athletic side of things come together. And so we, we thought it was actually kind of a fun name and something that sort of caught people's attention and didn't realize how much it was really going to um, portray the actual clientele of, and the people who really sort of gravitate to the product. So it was really a win-win. Um, yeah. and, and then we got, got going on branding. Um, I did the logo for that as well as sort of initial packaging, which we thought was going to be, you know, two beers for the next, you know, two, two flagship beers for the next five years, even maybe. And they were going to put that into the market. And, you know, that quickly became not the case. They started really experimenting with different styles. How can they make non-alcoholic uh, stout, uh, non-alcoholic goes, some really, really interesting recipes and, and great tasting beers. And so um, we sort of, I've, I've had the chance to really sort of grow their line and work on all these different labels, which, which has been a absolute blast. Um, you know, in terms of the labels themselves, we went through a huge, huge rounds and rounds of exploration. Um, and we sort of, there's a, there's an overall feeling uh, from the brand that it, it's very positive um there's a very much an outdoors aspect it hits a lot of the people who are into getting out being active and sort of living their best lives so um we ended up sort of living in this world of some really abstract but also sort of cool landscapes for the two flagships which were these sort of outdoorsy scenes um in a very vector way with some great color um, and then we've been able to sort of just expand upon those with every new beer. Um, and, and the process is, is a fun process. I, I love that sort of illustration style. It's very much, um, taking abstract shapes and painting a landscape or a scene. Um, and it's, it's funny how some, some can take me, you know, half a day and some I struggle with for a week um, and it and you never know how that's going to work so that is sort of an interesting variable in in what we do yeah now the logo the a it kind of has like a greek mythology olympics kind of vibe to it you know the the original crowns and i think it's a i think it's wheat that's used as the kind of the the cross the cross crossbar yeah. yeah but it really kind of ties back into you know the athletic theme and really you're seeing them just kind of mainstream, uh, you know, the focus on either low calorie type stuff, you know, a lot of the macros have the, some 0.0s now. And so, and, and the ad, the ad campaigns are always folks, you know, 
post run or after a softball game or something like that. So I think that uh, I think it really, you know, I think it comes at a comes at a perfect time. And I, I do, I really like the the vector based uh, labels. I think they work really well and how they sit at the kind of the bottom third of the can. And they're usually, you know, something nature or outdoors kind of, uh, you know, driven, which is, you know, really kind of goes into the, the theme of what, you know, they're doing about, you know, being healthier and being outside and kind of living your best life. So it really, it really ties it together and allows the, you know, allows the, the badge to, yeah. to sit on top. And then you have the middle third is the name and the style. So yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And the, the color choices are, I think they're really good too. I think they, they're, they're, they're energetic and they're kind of, uh, they're, they're positive yeah, colors. We definitely, we definitely came into it feeling like we needed to be bold and make a statement because, yeah. you know, it, it would be easy for this beer to just get pushed aside and we didn't want that to happen, you know, at the restaurant or on the shelf. So, um, really sort of had some, some simple, but bold, um, color choices that really sort of pop off the shelf. And it's, it's been good. Now, so what, so you, again, you said you, you originally thought you had the two, the two flagships and, you know, now there's, uh, there's, there's more, a lot more, I think there's probably like six to eight plus beers they have. What is that, that process like? How much time are you given? How, how much input do you have? Do they give you a name and a style? What's, what's the, the creative process like there? Yeah. So luckily, I mean, in terms of creative, we get to work incredibly closely with every aspect of their brand. So, um, usually we're naming all the beers and it's a collaborative process between athletic and fair folk. And it's sort of, it takes shape in a sort of organic way. Sometimes the name comes before the label and sometimes we have sort of an idea of a scene we want to paint on a can and sort of start to iterate on that with names um so it's it's an ebb and flow process where one can come before the other and they all just sort of need to ladder up to um that ultimate brand brand vision which is you know we we want it to be first off positive feeling second of all a lot of the names um sort of evoke some sort of movement or motion like run wild or even upside down, which is sort of a fun play on words, but um, upside down or upside down sort of has this uh, movement to it in and of itself. Um, and we just kind of kept playing with that as we sort of built out the current lineup of beers. Yeah, I believe it's eight now. So, yeah. Yeah. And each one, I think, has kind of a, you know, that, that, a badge in the middle, kind of that rectangle. Which is in that yep. color, if I I think uh, ties into kind of the, one of the main, you know, focal pieces of the of the bottom third, whether it's the pathway or the moon or the star. So it's really, uh, I don't know, the color choices really uh, really work for me. So I, yeah, I'm a big fan. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt there. So yeah, so that's so that's pretty cool. I I like the fact you're involved in all aspects of it. Usually, you know, usually you know it's kind of okay, make this happen. So I, I think I think that shows a commitment and kind of trust in what you guys are doing from from the crew over at Athletic, and it's a it's a, a true partnership. Which let's be honest, is pretty it's it's pretty rare to get to that level of granularity with uh, the trust process on on stuff like this. So I got to give it to them. They really 
you know, a sticking to what they wanted and being able to just be, be so unique in a, in a hyper competitive space, you know, f- folks are drinking these, you know, regardless. And again, you see me at races and all sorts of like, it's just the whole, the whole uh, aspect of it is, I remember Bill telling me that, you know, they, they sponsor all these road races and folks would kind of give them these like dirty looks when, like at first when they would, you know, come out of the, finish the race and be handed a beer being like, dude, did you not just see what we just did for the last, like, you know, X number of hours. So it, it's just, <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. So yeah, it really works. Yeah. Um, and I mean, exciting times. So they're actually all sort of, we're, we're just starting to roll out. We actually spent the last, uh, you know, the first few days of 2020 up in British Columbia, they had sponsored. So basically they, have a few pro athletes who they're sponsoring now, uh, pro skiers, um, Mark Abma and Baloo Peterson, who are incredible skiers, uh, you know, backcountry freestyle skiers. And we actually got to ski with them for a, a handful of days, filming, photography, interviews. Uh, so we're starting to build this without compromise campaign that we're going to be sort of adding to throughout the year. Um, and man, I mean, it was incredible. We were heli skiing, um, and I've never seen that much snow in my life. Um, I thought I was, I thought I was a decent skier and I had no idea what I was doing out there. So (laughs) you're, you're a better man. You're a better man than me, Sam. I, I don't, I've told the story before, but I haven't, I haven't gone skiing since I went, uh, I think it was Loon Mountain in college. I, I, I crushed a tree like, like. Back, oh, no. but, yeah, and I've I've not gotten the uh, uh, the guts to go, to go back up there. So I definitely uh, I love skiing, but, and I think it's beautiful. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was around the time of uh, Sonny Bono and um, Michael Kennedy. So I, I would have yeah. been I would have been the third, and it was just like it was, <laughs> so. I just I was like, oh, you know what? I would so I would have uh, I would have met you guys down at the bottom of the mountain. But um, if you guys are looking, uh, I'll, I'll put myself out there. If you're looking to have a, a podcast sponsorship, to be you know this like a whole campaign about the the difficulties of being, you know, and the athleticism of, of podcast hosts. I got a guy. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. He's local too. So and he has yeah, a- and a little, actually a little uh, plug in the podcast world that with, within that, without compromise. Um, yeah. They start, they start a podcast. Yeah. They just sort of launched their own podcast covering a bunch of cool people so um you know if you're into hearing the stories of whether it's a pro athlete or you know a founder that's helping out in the creation of a company um they're they're covering some pretty cool personal stories so yeah definitely awesome 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 okay so let's um you talk about you know you you're the the kind of uh, portfolio you guys have of, of breweries you know what kind of what kind of beers are you drinking what are you, what are you into what's your when you're when you're not going for the the smart and non hungover moves, what are you what are you drinking? Uh, you know, Trillium. <laughs> yeah, it was a trick question. I feel like I uh, I set you up for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've they've been been awesome, and obviously, um, you know, brew some absolutely incredible beers. I'm actually blanking on what we have on tap at the office currently. Um, I'll have to hit up Kev for that answer. But yeah we always got some great beers, uh, at the office. Um, let's see what else. Um, 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like you're. That's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty good uh, slew, especially the 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 new locations and you know what have you. So uh, if you have yeah, been it's really good. All the like, beer gardens we've been opening up are are super awesome too. If you if you're in the Boston area, check them out for sure this summer. Yeah, there's also uh, High Sign Brewing down in uh, Austin, Texas, which is super cool. I think that's where the Craft Brewers Conference is this year. So I think we're gonna we'll be. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's in Texas. I mean, Texas is so big, so it's kind of a, a bad joke. But yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. I think we're gonna go check that out. We had the one year we went was in Nashville, and that was that was a lot of fun. If you haven't if you haven't been to Nashville, it's a it's a good time. Yeah, and then you know, outside of beer, but definitely a big client of ours is Bully Boy, who's a distillery here in Boston. They actually just uh, launched a new brand, just rum specific, which is. Rome Cooperative, and we had the chance to help them with the creation of that that brand and all the packaging. They're doing some really really nice blends, high end blends with ten plus year whiskey or uh, ten plus year rums. So uh, if you get the chance to try those, oh delicious. yeah, I'm a sucker for good Jamaican Jamaican blend. So yeah, that'll be I'll yep. definitely uh, check that out. Uh, two and a half more questions for you. So one is a nerdy question. So. We'll go with that one first. Do you have a specific naming convention that you utilize when you're saving your files? <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, at one point, I really went down a hole of trying to really design and think through what the best way was. And I was like reading online. Um, and it, this was this was when I was at Toth and just, trying to figure out how in a company you can make it the most efficient and man, it is, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. Everyone has their own way um, to really create that efficiency and unity. Um, if, if you know someone who's done it, uh, let me know because I, I did a lot of digging and, and didn't find the perfect answer, but um, yeah, pretty much I, I start with client. Then I'll get into sort of, what the project is whether it's like a piece of packaging or whether it's a logo so i sort of describe the like the medium within the brand that this this sort of fits into um then i do something specific so let's call it a file for athletic is abc an abbreviation for the company underscore um packaging underscore run wild underscore and i do a date all right that's kind of similar it's pretty similar to mine i'll do yeah the, the if it's something that multiple people are working on i'll do the you know I, i'll usually do the client or the project name underscore my initials like i'll put ajk underscore like like a high level what yeah. it, high level what it is underscore i think i usually do like whip if it's if it's not finalized yet and then underscore the date and i use like uh, europeans so i do yeah. weirdly for some reason i do day year no day day month year for some reason and then if there's versions i do that too and then if it's final i'll put a final in there but i don't know it's just a fun question because people as long as people don't use spaces then i can be the friends if i get spaces i kind of I, I would say that i kind of cringe a little bit but yeah it's a weird it's like a weird thing I, and I real I, I did I figured out what it was early HTML web browsers. 
they would render them with the parentheses 20. And so like if you put a space, it would just throw everything off. And so that's why I think I just was and always so, taught not to use them. Yeah, I was always sort of taught that like sometimes that could sort of allow some programs to not read the file. Yeah. Is that, I, I honestly don't even know, know why I cringe at spaces, but that's sort of what I was taught. <laughs> yeah, I know with HTML and some some coding languages. That's what uh, some coding languages won't read it. It'll t teach as a new action, but definitely with like HTML files or, or whatever, it would give those like special characters. And so I was just taught gotcha. to always keep it. So that's why the underscore was kind of like the the hack for that. Um, yeah. Okay, so next two are fun questions. As a baseball guy, kind of topical current events. What are you thinking about the whole uh, stealing signs thing? Uh, it's pretty, that's a bummer. I mean, it is a bummer. Baseballs in general. I, I got to admit, I don't know if I watched five games last year. Um, it's like, I'm a huge fan, but it's, it's a huge time commitment. And, and I'm, I've become honestly a more of a bandwagon sports fan than anything. And that's easy to do here in Boston, which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, my friend's uh, yeah, my friend is a kid. I think he's like twelve or thirteen, and he was like doing the math, and he thinks it's maybe been like, you know, six maybe nine months in his whole life there hasn't been like a current champion from there, and he's like, I'm in my forties, and my life's been hell up until about like, you know, ten years ago, and so yeah, yeah. and I'm from Philly, and no, so my, I'm not greedy at all. I, I take one one every decade. I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's been a wild ride. My, my dad actually who was a huge athlete he actually played professional baseball for a little bit as well uh, for the cardinals oh, no um, shit. Fun didn't, fact. didn't make a huge career out of it but made it up to the big other than and, the fact um, he played in the fucking major leagues yeah that's a huge career right there <laughs> <laughs> and and you know he you know he lived through a period where i remember that first first red sox win in 2004 when you know, for me, I was pretty young at that time, and and it was exciting. But I I think back on that and just he lived through a lot of years being being Boston sports fan and just um, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's how I was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I mean, I cried. I was like a whole thing. It was. A, I mean, I yeah, I, I I'm pretty good. So people were like, "Oh, what do you think about the team this year?" I'm just like, "I hope they win," but. I'm good. Like I, Phillies won in 2008, Eagles in 2018. Like uh, whatever, I'm good. You know, if they don't win again, I would suck. But you know, I'll die a happy man. Like I, I'm, I'm not well, greedy. Yeah, but going back to the stealing signs thing, I mean, man, it's like it's it's just a bummer. It's like sports and team sports, and they're just you know, it's it's supposed to be competitive, yes, but I mean, that's almost like collusion in you know in business. It's like gotta be a line and you know it's just it's a bummer to hear so yeah yeah like, I'm, I, like I was thinking about like okay if you knew if a t pitcher had to tell or something like that and you could tell or whatever like it's one thing but like the level they went to you know or is like was like high tech like it was insane I mean I, that's yeah. that was my thing with that I mean I, if you could tell that okay this pitcher, you know, he typically throws the curveball, you know, every two-two, and you get the analytics involved. Like, it, it's a great, it's a gray area. But when you're banging on a drum and you have a video camera and the rumors that they're having these little buzzers on their chat, you know, 
it, it's yeah. kind of it's it's yeah it's definitely disappointing um it, you know i, I get you, sure. competitive advantage goes a little bit too far and the fact that you thought that no one would ever tell that secret is kind of crazy yeah when there's a lot on the line people people do some not great shit <laughs> yeah exactly and sports is supposed yeah. to be a unifier and it, you know it definitely uh it's definitely see it's it's just getting started so when this airs i'd be curious to see who else got fired or let go or decided to step down but um all right and this last one should be even should be even easier uh it's uh we know it's uh, we're recording this on a friday we know it's reggae friday over there at fair folk we always ask this last question about music what you're listening to do you listen to tunes when you're creating and just kind of Give us a few, you know, give us a few uh, glimpses on some bands or artists that you're listening to on your playlist. Yeah, for sure. Um, Got to admittedly say I'm not the biggest music guy. I'm sort of, I, I definitely hand over the reins to the to the Spotify account to others in the office. But um, yeah, it's Reggae Friday at the office. Um, I'm actually working from home today which is a solid two blocks away um so i got a nice commute um but they're over there listening to reggae i i have eclectic you know i'll I'll listen to anything and i am not a huge follower of music in terms of knowing a lot about about bands and you know searching for new music um so admittedly that is the case but uh let's see what have what have i been listening to um ripe is a new band they're okay. kind of up and coming in the boston area um i actually really like their stuff i first saw them down the cape and um yeah just really chill um chill great music sort of jam bandy music um oh another one which is a completely different direction and I might be kind of late to the game on this, but recently started listening to this group called Sophie Tucker, which is a little more electronic, but they've actually been featured in a bunch of like commercials. Like I think they were in an Apple commercial. Okay. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Nice. What are you right. listening to? <laughs> uh, let's see. What, what would be, uh, I'm always, I always fall back on the, the Ava brothers, they're kind of one of my go-tos. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, a new record came out, well, I guess 2019, the high women. It's a, it's a female version of the, the highway men with like Johnny cash and stuff. It's got like uh Belinda Carl, uh, Brandy Carlisle, not Belinda and, uh, uh, Jason, Jason Isbell. I've been like in a weird, like alt country kind of phase for a while, for a little while now, but, uh, yeah. But the, yeah, I always go back. I mean, my, my number one band is always is Fish. So I, I just saw them at the Garden uh, over the New Year's run. I see them a few times a year. Uh, so yeah, and then you had the Beatles uh, and, and the the band are two of my other favorites. How many, how many times do you think you've seen them total? Because I know people get those numbers up. Yeah, my number my number's good for you'll think you'll think especially saying you're not a huge music like crazy like it, it's good. I I don't have the exact number. I think I'm in like the high seventies, yeah. maybe eighty. But I've got friends oh, who are like in the hundreds. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I was first time I saw him again to date me was in uh, August fourteenth, nineteen ninety six, in, in Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. So, I mean, it's almost, yeah, it's over, yeah, it's twenty, yeah, twenty plus years. I've been, I've been seeing them. So, uh, yeah, I just, I was a kid who had to work. Like, I had like two jobs every summer, and that's when a lot of my friends would go, would go you see know, them. I, 
like I said, I always appreciated music. I, I was never a huge, you know, concert goer. And, and recently, I've definitely started to appreciate that more recently, meaning the past, you know, five years of my life. Um, definitely started to be like, wow, there is there is something really powerful in seeing live music and people performing up there, and it's enjoyable. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it, that's kind of the the creative outlet for me. You know, in college, I, I did college radio for ten years. I wasn't in college for ten years, um, and I thought mm-hmm. I'd make a career out of that. I mean, I went to broadcasting school, and you know, so music's always been important with me. I. I managed a band. My wife and I kind of met through through music, and so we, yeah, we go to we we used to go to a lot more festivals and you know be a little more uh, hippie esque, but you know the having kids and stuff, you know, is kind of we we've, we've toned that down. But we did take our kids to their first music festival this past summer, and it was really it was a really cool experience for for us uh, to do that. Nice. And so yeah, I like the communal That's aspect awesome. of it, and it's kind of a nice kind of you know, sharing, uh, you know, a common vibe with, with, with strangers and, you know, the, it brings people together, but, uh, yeah, it's, sure. uh, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely cool. So, uh, all right, cool. I'm definitely going to check those out and we'll throw in some, we'll throw in some reggae on the, the episode and, um, yeah. So Sam, I want to, uh, oh yeah, I want to thank you for, uh, for being a part of this. I really uh, dig what you're doing. Hopefully we can get together and have some, uh, athletic and trillion beers together in the future. And if you're uh, if you're down here in, in Connecticut at all, you're doing work. You're the the brewery's not too far from me, so just give me a give me a heads up. And when next time I'm in Boston, I'll I'll do the same. Yeah, for sure. We'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, man. Appreciate have it. have a great weekend, Sam. Thanks so much, man. Stay all warm. Right, you too. All right, later. there you have it folks sam kelly athletic brewing company fair folk 16 ounce canvas one big happy family here on reggae friday real quick you're gonna you know we could have picked any reggae but i think to me the Songs of Freedom box set by Bob Marley, which is, this is, we're featuring tracks one, I think one to three off of disc three, which is probably one of the greatest reggae discs ever. I mean, you've got all the great Bob stuff, you know, you got Peter Tosh, you know, there's just so many, you know, Buju Bantan, there's just a ton of, you know, Beanie Man, you know, all the, all the greats, right? But to me, Bob is the guy and just if you watch the documentaries, you watch the stuff, and again, this is a Sam Kelly uh, interview. But this disc, disc three from the Song of Freedom four disc box set, is fucking next level. So we're gonna talk, and then we're gonna play these tracks out, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pretend like we're at Fair Folk, you know, Homer Simpson it up with the uh, the tap and just having some trilliums and you know kicking with the crew like we're gonna do in the future, but. I really enjoyed speaking with Sam. I really enjoyed his perspective on things. You know, I really am just really lucky. I think there's a lot of great people out there that are at different points of their career. You know, he worked his ass off. He found his calling. He decided to, you know, take a leap and leave where he was, you know, to to join, you know, the crew, Kevin and John at Fair Folk. And I think that was a really smart decision. You know, they're doing some really great stuff, really powerful work, you know, rich, detailed, really creative, you know, touching all sorts of stuff. 
I mean, like I said, we said, we're just kind of, you know, definitely making light of it. But, you know, you got weed, spirits, beer, you know, clothing, sports. You know, they're, uh, it's nice to see that. I'm really proud. You know, I think it's just nice. Like I said, Kevin's been a huge supporter of us. He was, you know, featured episode 31, had the, you know, really kind words when we, when we did our first uh, Art of Craft Beer, you know, art gallery. And, you know, to hear that from somebody who's just uh, doing some amazing work, there's just this level of respect and appreciation for everybody. You know, athletic is really just becoming a staple here in Connecticut, especially coming off dryuary. You, know, you see those cans, you know, everywhere. And it's just really nice to, to be able to learn more about that learn how Sam's working with the team and what Bill's doing and just uh yeah we're just really excited we're really lucky you know each week we do this you know we we probably listen to the episode you know two three sometimes four times when we're doing it you know, we try to edit it make it sound you know smooth try to you know do what we can so it's a it's an enjoyable listen for you the listener but every time we listen we hear a little little nuance you know like that Sam's dad played ball and you know what have you and just really cool shit and it's really nice and really i'm pretty sure there's people in your life that maybe you don't know what they do you don't know what their story is but just you know take a point and sit down with them just kind of ask them like how their day was or you know especially maybe if there's somebody older you ask them their story and where they were you know we all have loved ones that we wish that we had the opportunity to kind of you know memorialize and remember them a little bit better because as the years go you know the memories and the blanks, you know, get a little little grayer. So that's one of the things that we like to do here. We like to kind of take a snapshot, a point in time of, of folks where they are in their career, make them look back and, you know, get kind of uh, introspective about their story and their life. And we hope it inspires you. You know, 2020 is going to be a great year and we'll be doing some great things together. And hopefully, you know, whatever the reason is that you listen to us, you know, we thank you. It's cool because, like, if you look at, you know, a box of crayons and, you can take any color. You might, you know, take out teal or blue or, or purple or pink or red or yellow, whatever the color in that, you know. And Sam was a kick-ass color when he started, you know. And that's really just, it's just fun, you know. It's a fun opportunity and hopefully the hour or hour and a half, you know, depending on how long we go here, you know, that the episode takes you, it's, uh, it takes you away from some of the, you know, minutiae and the bullshit and lets you kind of uh, appreciate things, learn about something else, and maybe think about yourself a little bit and the things that are really important to you and some of your passions in life. And, I mean, look at Sam. You know, I mean, he knew pretty early on when he went to college that baseball wasn't for him, but he went there. You know, his story could have been totally different if he, you know, a lot of folks are like, well, you know, I'm here. This is what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to change that. Like, for me in college, I didn't know that you could drop classes or just, like, reschedule them or, you know, get different ones. So I took a lot of shitty classes that I hated. But I was like, man, I guess all I thought was got to graduate in four years and, you know, made some bad choices in and out of the classroom. But, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to, you know, make the world a better place. Art and design, creativity inspires so many people, myself included. And so, again, Mr. Sam Kelly, Athletic Brewing, samsworkshop.co sams underscore workshop on instagram sam sam i am green eggs and ham i bet he gets that a lot so i apologize sam uh, you know we waited till the 11th hour of the interview to, to drop it on there much love to the crew at fair folk much love to you know kevin and, and john and everybody over there we're gonna get up there and get some get some beers get our hoodie and just have a good time and uh, like i said if you uh 
you know, make an opportunity to ask somebody in your life what the, you know what they're doing, how their day was, and learn something about somebody that you didn't know before. And that's what we're going to do, keep doing here each and every week. Episode 144 is officially in the books. AJ Karen's 16-ounce canvas, 160zcanvas.com, 160zcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until we meet again, let them wear it. Who the cap fit? Let them wear it. Come Some will hate you. Pretend they love you now. Then behind they try to eliminate you. But who jobless? No one curse. Thank God. We're past the worst. Hypocrites and parasites.
Cha-cha! 